Hello, hello, hello. Happy April 15th, everybody. Uh, I think we got one more day until tax day. Um, I hope you have done your taxes already and not wait until the last minute. Um, if this is your first time hearing my voice, uh, I am Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I am the host of The Business Of and the owner of NPL Consulting LLC, which I'll get into later. Um, the purpose of my podcast, The Business Of, is to interview entrepreneurs in different and unique areas of industry and find the everyday um the everyday things that they have to deal with as a business owner, no matter how crazy, you know, their business might seem. Like if you've listened to my earlier episodes, I've interviewed uh, pleasure coaches, fetish trainers, independent music artists, uh, pastors, authors, all of them. And it's all to, um, one, provide inspiration to you entrepreneurs out here to let you know that there is a way to make money doing what you love. And two, to demonstrate that no matter what your business is, there are certain fundamental uh, business and legal steps and concepts that you have to know if you're going to be successful. Um, as for my business, NPL Consulting LLC, it is a business formation firm where I help you Uh, set up that structure for your business. So if you need help with contracts, getting your business, um, articles of incorporations with your state, uh, ascertaining, um, and, you know, getting your trademarks and patents and all your intellectual property needs, I help you do all of that and more. And I encourage you to go to the link in my bio, uh, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm to see what I do. The links, the link for that will be in the show notes. Uh, so now let us get to this. Well, not this month because now I do the recordings uh, twice a month. Let's get to this episode's guest. <laughs> in this episode, I interview uh, two colleagues of mine, Shara Gibson and Tanya Duckett. Uh, Both of these ladies are entrepreneurs in their own right in different areas of business, but they both co-own a store in D.C.'s bustling uh, Georgetown neighborhood. Um, The store is called Local Meditations, and you can find products from local uh, D.C. merchants, creatives. They have CBD products, clothing, uh, great gifts for families, And I went into the store one day and and sat down with them in their lovely uh, space that overlooks the street and gets amazing light and talked to them about the day day in and day out runnings of local meditations. Um, It was a great conversation and it is a real um, insight into those looking into getting into the CBD area of industry. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Also, guys, just a quick warning. Um, this interview was done in their store, and they do have actual customers coming in. So there is some background noise as they, um, each one of them attended to a customer while, um, you know, we were recording. You know, that's entrepreneur life. I want y'all to see all the behind-the-scenes info. Enjoy the show. So thank you very much, Shara and Tanya, for taking the time out today talk to me in your beautiful store it is wonderfully decorated can you please tell people the address of where we're at and where we're doing this live um, podcast interview 
1631 West Concert <laughs> Avenue. Um, we are in Georgetown. We're so blessed with this awesome space. Um, we are at the top of Wisconsin, so we're in the Book Hill neighborhood um, off of Concert Avenue in Northwest, in Georgetown. So to the listeners out there and those watching on Instagram, if you are in the DMV area and you want locally made products, check out Local Meditations. So now let's get to good stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, I would like to know from you ladies, what has your journey been in entrepreneurship and how it led you to Local Meditations? And you can start with Tanya and then oh, wow. We got time for that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, um, well, my background is real estate, property management, um, marketing and um, sales directing um, is my background, what I've been doing pretty much all of my adult career life. Um, I was always a smoker. Um, I pretty much replaced cannabis and with my, with Ritalin on my first year in college. I had never smoked um, cannabis or didn't even know about the world of cannabis until my first year. Um, and I got on cannabis and I was like, okay, this is so much better calm me down, help me focus. So when the cannabis scene came to DC with the initiative 71, um, there was a new market that kind of came. So after I went to my first event, which was Mama Joanna, um, I pretty much saw all of the different opportunities that you could have as an opportunity as entrepreneur in the city. Um, so I began, you know, crafting my own little theme parties. We would have um, campaigns, um, we would have education nights. Um, so I started with CBD specifically about probably eight months into my um, cannabis business, and I loved it. CBD, and once I saw all the different medicinal effects of it, I started doing education night every Saturday. Um, the more that I learned, the more I wanted to teach. So it became um, very easy for me, you know, just to kind of just get into the experience of it all. Um, I started throwing parties just like I did for residents um, when I was in real estate. So after a few trial and errors, um, with going into CBD businesses with a couple of people, I found Shara, um, which was more like-minded. Um, I think when I first met Shara, I was like, I had already been through such a bad partnership. I wanted to make sure that I went into business that was cut from, was a person that was cut from the same cloth as me. Um, because I did go into business with people who just was not a good fit for me at all. Um, and it was very important for me that I was going to do it with sure I wanted to do it right. So I was like, email me your resume, I'll email yours. You know what I mean? Because I just wanted to see what her background was, what, you know, what we both could bring to the table. And it was pretty much an even match, you know, what I could bring to the table, what she could bring to the table. And that's how local meditation came. We worked at Chow's. And what right. beautiful parents you are. Yes. So, Shara, how did you come to local meditation? Um, yes, it's <laughs> an interesting story. I mean, I've always wanted to um, do retail in the CBD space. I always wanted to have a CBD store. Um, so, you know, just after about a year of just kind of doing can I ventures in the cannabis scene, um, and then also managing the souvenir shop um, over in LaFont, it gave me that experience to run a retail operation and then, you know, meeting Tanya along the way, it's just always better to have help, um, you know, just to partner up with somebody who kind of has the same goals. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, my network has come through with at least helping us, you know, find this space, um, you know, making sure we stay in the space. And uh, yeah, that's just how we came to local message. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. Um, so Steve, so you guys really um, have a you have a great array of CBD products here, and CBD is a hot commodity now. You see CBD coffee lotions, everything. What attracted you to CBD in the first place? Um. Well, I, I tell everyone the same story. Um, actually, Ugrogirl, um, Keith from Ugrogirl actually made CBD gummies from Isolate um, in his home. And um, I was like, well, what is this? What did they do for me? You know, it was going to calm me down. And I was like, all right. He's like, give it to your son. Because he knew that my son um, was, um, was diagnosed with autism. So I gave it to my son. We gave him a half of gummy just to try it out to see how he would react. And three days later, he was talking. He had never spoken before that. Um, so after that, I, I just dived into all of the education and research that I possibly could. And at that time, last year, or last year in 2017, there was hardly anything about CBD online at all. It was really, really difficult for me to call. I was calling Wanda James and, you know, in, in Colorado. I was calling, you know, I talked to Shonda about it. I was just calling and reaching out to as many people as I could to get you know, as much research as I could about it. Um, and once, you know, I started with my son, I started giving it to myself. My other children, um, and I actually started, I got about, I think about, what, five ounces of isolate, and I started making my own products with it. Um, and just learning the science, learning the plant, um, just the body of the plant, all the different cannabinoids, um, learning the research, the history of it, how to make it. It was a lot of trial and error making the bathrooms and the lotion, things like that. But it helped me learn the business um, and learn how important it is to find hemp. Um, all hemp is not created equally. Um, it goes all the way from the soil is very important. You know, one thing about CBD is that it ingests everything. So you have to be careful about what that soil even was 10 to 20 years ago because hemp will pick it up and then we consume it. So that's how you have a lot of hemp that come back with a lot of toxins in it. And the farmer's like, oh, I never used it or I never used pesticide. But because that dirt was once treated with pesticide on it, even if it's 20, 30 years from now ago, um, it can still show up in the plant. So once I started going to different hemp farms and just learning more about it, I knew how important it was to find and have high quality um, hemp to give to people because CBD is everywhere, but it's not created equally. It is very important for you to know where that CBD came from because um, China recently um, just gave uh, uh, North America, I think it was about, I don't know, they said a lot of synthetic CBD. They don't even know the exact amount. But basically, it's just, you know, bootleg version of the CBD that we're making here. Um, so it's very important that we grow as much CBD as we can in America and not have it outsourced to China or Germany. So, um, so yeah, that's perfect. Shara, what brought you CBD? Uh, just the market opportunity. Money on So while CBD isn't, you know, it is still, you know, within the cannabis family. Yeah. So what are the difficulties of running a business that, you know, that sells CBD products? Um, just removing the stigma still, you know, um, removing the stigma, I mean, for, for everybody, really. Um, I think that's really the biggest thing. You know, people come in and they're like, oh, this looks like weed or this looks like marijuana. I'm like, no, actually, it's not. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a super cousin plant, you know, of it. Um, but I think it's just it's just removing the stigma, educating people about it, about the plant as much as possible. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> it's just removing the stigma, I think, is the biggest um is the biggest thing. Um, I don't operate in fear in my life. So, you know, I just I just hope that they're not going to regulate um C B D federally at the federal level. I think I hope that they just 
you know, just allow small companies to kind of regulate themselves for a minute before they decide um, if they are going to regu regulate it federally. Um, but, I mean, that's something that we have to always keep in touch and just be mindful of um, and just keep ourselves educated on what laws and policies are, are you know, being enacted throughout, you know, the U.S. So. And Shara, can you talk to us about what are, what are just some of the difficulties in running a brick and mortar store? Like from the, on a day to day basis, like what are the things that you guys encounter? I think one of the biggest challenges is making sure that you have enough capital to like purchase materials, um, you know, run your marketing campaigns, and just purchasing products and fixtures. Um, I think it's one thing to like get the product in the store, but then it's a whole other thing when you have to merchandise it and make it sellable and. Because it could be as little as having a product on the shelf or putting it on the table that would make a difference between sales. Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, I would say for me, that's like the biggest challenge is just making sure we have the infrastructure in place that we can run a good retail operation. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most rewarding thing about running local meditation? to the people, you know, meeting everyone that's coming in, you know, having a space that we can create and just do what we want. And um, yeah, the people. Mm -hmm. the people. And after you give them, you know, something for arthritis, you know, something for, you know, to because, you know, they've had spine surgery and they come in the next day and say, you know, their wife has had the best sleep that she's ever had in five years. I think that's the rewarding. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, people giving their feedback saying, wow, you know, this really made a big difference. You know, I want to come back. Or I want to refer people. So you guys are in an industry um, outside the brick and mortar with your CBD products. You're in an industry that, one, is still undergoing a lot of scrutiny that is um, becoming highly corporatized and she does not have a lot of faces of color, let alone uh, female faces of color. Does any of that impact your, you know, dealings in having to manage, you know, running a running a CBD store or just your general bus business dealings? Like, do you, do you find that there are any difficulties that you come across? One, in being in this area, this is a very, um, your store is located in the Georgetown area, and, you know, there, there are certain biases and things like that in terms of, who lives here and who doesn't. Do you ever find any difficulties with that or just in dealing with people in the CBD industry who have biases against you? I haven't ran into them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from the South, so I'm pretty much used to people, you know, snickering or, you know, not wanting to speak, but I just, over the years, I just ignore it. You know what I mean? I mean, close mouths don't get fed, right? So if you want something, you gotta go get it, no matter what. You know, if one person's gonna tell me no, someone else is gonna tell me yes. Um, but in this space, because it is emerging, I don't really see that. Um, I don't really see any barriers being placed in front of us. Um, I do know that there is, you know, my, there isn't a lot of minorities in the spaces because we're not educated. You know, we don't know. Information isn't given to us as easily as it is amongst other, you know, groups, ethnic groups. Um, but I think if more minorities knew about it, it would be something that they would you know, jump on, um, but as far as right now, there isn't. Um, we don't really see many people that look like us um, in this space, and that's just more motivation, you know, for us. Um, it doesn't discourage us, I think it just motivates us to just make sure that we have a good store. Um, we think about it almost every day, you know, because we are a minority in this space, we want to make sure that we represent, a, you know, a black female business very well, and we think about it and everything we can do, so. 
So, Shara, you, you've run more than one store and um, you've run multiple businesses as well. Um, do you find that the CBD industry differs from any of the other industries that you've worked in? Yeah, I think so. Um, like the selling time is much longer because you really have to educate the consumer on what they're buying. Um, and you can't rush them through it. You can't take a shortcut, and um, you know you have to do so much more research than you would with you know maybe some other industries. So for me, I just noticed that the time that you spend with the customer is a lot longer. Okay. Okay. Um, what advice would you have for anybody who a wants to get into the CBD industry and b wants to run their own brick and mortar store? Both of you. Um, just, just know your product, you know, whatever product you put in there, just, just know it, have lab testing results, you know, be prepared for it, know the law, you know, in your city, um, be prepared for, um, police, you know, to come in and you have to educate them on what it is. Um, I think that's about it. Just, just really, just really know that this, just be positive. Have you had to have police come in here? No, um, no. Um, and the other store, um, I did, um, and they just wanted to know, okay. you know what I mean? They just want to know because that's the thing that we don't, that we don't realize that even though when something does become legal, the police, they're the last ones to know, unfortunately. They're, they're the last ones because a lot of times, you know, they just, they just don't know. Um, but yeah, some, but we had a vendor. Um, that was pulled over because they just didn't know um, the isolate. They just didn't know that it was legal. Um, but just being prepared if they do come in. Here's my lab test. Hey, you know, this is what it is. It's completely legal. You know, just being prepared. Okay. Shara, oh, well, Shara's taking care of some customers, so we're going to let her do that. Um, <laughs> And what, um, yeah, and what would you, uh, what advice would you give to someone who doesn't necessarily want to necessarily own a store, but just has dreams of entrepreneurship, but might be scared and doesn't know if everything, what they're interested in is necessarily going to be something that they can make money, something that would be a viable. Um, I think you should just go with your passion. You know what I mean? Just go with what feels good. I mean, for me, you know, after being um, ten years in in uh, corporate America, if you will, um, I was just getting tired of working for people. I already, already, always an entrepreneur, even as a child. You know what I mean? So it's always there. Um, I, but if you if you have a calling, you have a passion, just jump. You know what I mean? I jumped off the mountain as a single mom with three kids on the back, and we haven't jumped yet. You know, thank God. You know what I mean? That's how cool that I can do it. I think anybody can, especially in DC. DC. Gives you so many different programs. You can start your business in DC. Um, the small business SBA program is SBA for women. There's SBA for minority women. Um, they help me all the way from my contracts to you know the lawyer that I use to make my contract is absolutely free. Um, they help me with my business plan. So I would just say just don't go after it. Even if you think it's not going to make a lot of money, make it make a lot of money. You know what I mean? There is no you know I guess bad idea. <laughs> Are that um, if it's a product that you believe in, it's going to sell. You know what I mean? If it's a product that or, or a business that you want to have, it's, it's going to sell as long as you're passionate about it. I don't think like, oh, I'm not going to make money off of this because things people make money off. And you're like, wow, people really bought that and end up being a billion dollar industry. 
You know what I mean? So remove your ego. Huh? Yes, thank you. The chia pet. Like, come on, the chia pet, really? If I told you right now, I'm going to sell you a ceramic plant with weed. I'm not even weed. What, what, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called. Brussels sprouts or whatever it is. Basil. Basil. And I sold it to you for five dollars. Would you say it really time? I probably would watch it. No. No. You'll be like, girl, next. <laughs> and that thing was a billion dollar industry. So I really don't think no business is ever is ever going to start. I just don't. I just don't. I'm a salesperson. You know what I mean? So if you're if you're a really good salesperson, always say, you know, what do they say? That there's a second board in You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a good phrase in commerce. It's not. It's not. But it's true. You know what I mean? It's true. Like the littlest thing. Sell. You know what I mean? The dumbest thing. Sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm frivolous. Well, there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Um, if you are ever in the D.C. area, make sure that you head down to Georgetown and hit up Local Meditations. Uh, it is a beautiful store. You won't want to leave. Um, the address and the contact info will be in the show notes as well. Make sure that you go to the link in my bio in the show notes, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm for all of my business formation services so that I can help you guys stay on track. So y'all can be like Tanya and Sharon, open up your own stores in Georgetown (laughs) or wherever you want to open up your store. (laughs) Anyway, I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.